everybody, and welcome back to the Out to Be podcast. Today, I have a brilliant guest for you. Her name is Brie Noble. You might be familiar with her. Brie is a recognized expert in the music business community known for helping DIY musicians to build their fan base, to become more creative and productive, and to make consistent income from music. So today, I'm chatting with Brie about how to manage your time, set goals, and actually get stuff done. As musicians, so many of us are balancing part-time jobs or full-time jobs, or maybe you are full-time as a musician, but you're wondering how you can stay accountable to yourself and still make sure that you're accomplishing everything you want to accomplish, get everything done, and be really clear about the goals that you should even be reaching and what to do to reach those goals. So we're going to dive into all of that today. Brie is such an expert on this, and she gives so many great tips. As you guys know, this is kind of my jam too. I love talking about goal setting, organization, planning, and things like that. And I love talking about how to do this all without burning out and without feeling so, so stressed that you want to stop. So we dive into all of this today. This is the perfect episode as we inch closer and closer to the new year, especially if you want to take some time this December and over the next few weeks to get super clear on what your goals and priorities are as we enter 2020. So let's jump in. Hey, Brie, and welcome to the Out to Be podcast. Oh, thank you. I'm so excited to be here. I'm really excited to talk to you today. So I've been following your work for a long time, but this is actually the first time that we're ever really meeting and having a conversation. So it's going to be a fun one. And today we're going to talk all about goal setting and time management and your tips for using those tools to further your music career. But before we jump into that, I'd love for you to introduce yourself to the audience and tell us how you got into music and into helping musicians in the first place. Sure. So um, I am, you know, just like most of you, I've been doing music all my life. Um, You know, the whole thing that I read in way too many bios where it's like, I've been singing since I could talk, you know, the whole thing. But I didn't really get into performing a ton until I was in high school. And I just got really involved in a bunch of choirs in high school and started doing a bunch of solo competitions and just loved it went on to college to do um, that as well and perform in a performing group around the Western States and um, record some albums and things. And so I was like totally hooked on wanting to be a musician. But when I left school, I had no clue how to go about doing that. Like they didn't prepare us whatsoever. A great musical education and not a great business marketing education. So um When I left, I ended up, I had a double degree in music and business. So I went and started working as an accountant, became um, eventually a director of finance at an opera company in Orange County, one of the top 15 in the U.S. So that was a really cool experience. Um, But I was constantly watching all these opera singers out there, you know, doing their, their artistic thing, fulfilling their dreams, all of that. And I was handing them paychecks and not doing what I wanted to do. I didn't want to be an opera singer, but I wanted to be a singer songwriter. And so eventually uh, through a series of circumstances of health reasons and having a baby and stress of my job, because working at a nonprofit, there's never enough money to go around. And that was of course all in my lap. So um, for all of those reasons, I ended up leaving eventually um, and staying home with my daughter And just deciding I really want to take this time to figure out how to have a music career. I'd spent 10 years trying to figure it out on the side 
um, and not having a lot of luck. So during that time, I, you know, I kept kind of trying to do the same stuff, joining bands. They didn't work out. Um, you know, all the things that I'm sure many of you have been through and it was kind of crazy to me now, but I think about, you know, I had this business degree and why was I not applying it to my music? You know, I, it, it doesn't make any sense now, but the mindset wise, it's like music and business were separate for me. And one day in my like ultimate, like low point of just total frustration and like ready to give up on, on the whole dream of being an artist. And, you know, keep in mind by now I was like 32. Um, I was like, you know, why am I not growing this? Like anyone would grow a regular business. You know, if I, if I decided to open a catering company or something like that, like what would I do to get clients and, what would I do to market myself and, and let people know what I'm doing? And once that epiphany kind of happened, I, was, I just started growing everything from the ground up and started just really using grassroots marketing and applying what I knew about being an entrepreneur and working in a business environment and getting customers to getting fans and getting people to know about my music and getting bookings and all the things that you need to do as a musician that I figured out how to translate into business stuff. Um, and then I was just like, why did nobody teach me this in school? And you know, why did it take me so long to figure this out? Um, and so I, um, you know, built my career as a musician. I still had a, a young child. When I put out my first major album, I had a three-year-old. So I would tour locally. I would tour, you know, from Southern California to Northern California for a few weeks and drag my daughter along with me and stuff. Um, so I did that for several years. And um, while I was doing that, I developed my Women of Substance radio platform, which I'm now known for, among other things. But it just happened so organically meeting so many amazing female musicians along the way and thinking, why don't people know about their music and me loving to listen to independent female artists and wanting to build a platform for that. So as I was building my music career, I was doing that. And then eventually when my children got old enough, um, by the time I had my second and my other one was in elementary school. My second was going into preschool. I decided to stop touring. And it was a natural progression for me to go more into promoting the radio station, promoting other artists through that. And eventually I got so many questions from artists. How can I build my career? Or I saw them having amazing music and them not having any clue how to get it out there or you know, start getting bookings and things. I thought, you know, now that I was able to do this, I can create something that I wish I had, you know, those first 10 years. And so that was when I created the Female Entrepreneur Musician Podcast and eventually the Female Musician Academy. And that was in 2015. So um, I know that was a very long-winded answer, but hopefully that catches you guys up on how I got to where I am now. Yeah, absolutely. And I love, you know, going back to what you said about when you were trying to figure out how to grow this career and you said, why am I not doing this as if I'm building a business? And I think that that is so important to highlight because really, and you know, it's in the title of your podcast, female entrepreneur, but 
what we're all really coming to terms with now, I think, is that being a musician, especially the way that the music industry is now, is being an entrepreneur. And mm -hmm. that means that you have to do a lot of different facets of your business, of your musicianship. Not only do you have to be the artist, but you also have to be the business manager and savvy at promoting and be on social media and all of this stuff. And that brings up so many questions for how to actually do it all. And that's where goal setting and time management really shine. So I'm curious from your perspective, when did you notice like, okay, people are asking me how to grow their career. I'm able to give them these tips based on what I know. When did you notice like goal setting, setting goals and getting clear on this? And then also being able to manage the time was like a crucial next step into actually allowing people to grow these careers without feeling like they can't do it and like it's all too much? Well, I think first I noticed it for myself. Um, I probably didn't do it as well as an artist, but once I was growing my business with women of substance and female entrepreneur musician, and I was had kids and all this stuff, I was needing to prioritize and figure out how I could do all this stuff. And that was when I really noticed that goal setting and setting, you know, habits and kind of like routines and stuff for myself was the most successful way that I could get as much done without feeling totally overwhelmed and without going in a million directions. And at that point, you know, I would see the artists that I was working with at that time, you know, by that time I'd started working with artists in the academy and I would see them like really wanting to, you know, make progress but they'd get sidetracked on so many rabbit trails because they would see what other artists were doing and they'd be like, oh, I should be doing that. And then they'd listen to one of my podcasts and they're like, oh, I should be doing that. And, you know, I, in some ways I felt like I was sabotaging them by giving them like so much information that they wanted to, to follow all of those things. And so finally, I just realized like what I need to give them is a structure so they can create goals and decide which are the things that I want to focus on now? And, you know, all these other things that sound really cool or I see other musicians doing, they might be a good thing. But for me right now, they are my enemy because they are keeping me from being able to do the things that I really want to do. You know, if, if they're focused right now on I need to release this album and in order to do that, I need to finish writing the songs, I need to record them and I need to get a release strategy then when they hear about this cool new Instagram stories, you know, thing that they should be doing, that is not where they should be focused on right now. But it's so easy to just, there's so much information out there nowadays. And we as creatives have a million ideas a day, you know, and so that's a good thing and a bad thing. And so that was when I kind of realized I need to focus on teaching them to create a structure for themselves and uh, make sure that they're not like wasting what little time they have. Cause a lot of them are, you know, they have a part-time job or a full-time job. They've got kids, they're taking care of aging parents. You know, they only have so much time a day for music and they need to have that time be very focused to be productive. Yes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> everything you just said, like, I wish I could just play it again, play it again, play it back for everyone when, if you're listening, but it's so true. I know a lot of people that I'll work with will come to me and originally from the start be like, I want to do this, 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 and this, and this is what I'm already working on. And it's, 
I get it. Like you don't want to give up one thing or sacrifice one thing. Like you want to perform live. You want to release the album. You want to start a crowdfunding campaign. You want to build up your newsletter. Like we all want to do these things, but by it not focusing in on one thing, it, it forces us to basically do less for all of the other things. And it takes us way longer to actually reach those goals and achieve what we want to achieve. And it also just becomes so much more stressful when you're looking at like, how am I going to do all of these like five major things instead of just tackling one thing at a time and getting really clear on what the biggest priority is and what the you know most important thing to you that you want to accomplish right now is. Yeah. I mean, what I see a lot is that people create a big to-do list. And I think that they think that that's a good thing because, you know, now they've got this list of things and they can check them off. And that's cool, except that every time they look at their to-do list, they have like this deer in the headlights thing and and they're totally paralyzed. And they're like, maybe I'll just go watch Netflix. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I talk about this. Possibly do all of this. Yeah, yeah. To-do lists are deadly. Like, (laughs) they will stop you. So when you teach on this, do you prefer to start with time management or goal setting, or do you do it all kind of at the same time? I kind of take them through it all at the same time, but um, first I encourage them to create their goals because until they focus down, um, because time management can't really work yet until you know what are the things that are your enemies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so once you make your, your goals, and I encourage them to, to make like five goals for a 90-day period, and they, they can be either like all focused around the same thing, like if they're doing a release, like a big project or a crowdfunding campaign, and you can focus like some smaller goals around that, or I want them to choose a goal in each area of their business, like a songwriting goal, a practicing goal, a booking goal, um, you know, a mark, like a, like an email list goal, something like that. Um, and so then they can be able to chunk out what it is that they need to do to actually achieve that. So for example, if they want to grow their email list to 500 or something and they're at 100, like, you know, what are the steps that they need to do? What are the different marketing things they could do to bring those numbers up? And what would they need to do each day in order to reach that goal? But if, if you just like write down goals and then it's like, okay, I've got those goals, but you have no idea how to achieve them, that's not going to be helpful either. So yeah. I take them through an exercise of being able to break it down into steps and then prioritizing those steps based on a few different criteria, like how easy would it be for me to do this thing? Like, do I already know how to do it? Then I, I may as well put that at the top and just like check it off the list. Or, you know, maybe this thing is going to be hard, but it is going to move the needle big time on getting me to where I need to go. Like maybe it's, I need to build a landing page, right? But I don't know how to build a landing page. But if I don't build this landing page, I'm not going to be able to achieve this goal at all. Then that would be at the top and you'd know you'd have to take a little bit more time with that because you have to learn how to do it. So I try to, I try to get them to think through all these things. And I think having this is so helpful because when they sit down and they've got their little bit of time every day to work on music, they've just got this list in front of them of the things they need to do instead of just staring at five goals and not knowing what's going to get them to the end point. Yeah. 
or just having such a long, long to-do list. You know, just have these steps to, to reach your goals and then just choose a few of them at the beginning of the week or, you know, maybe like two or three of them a day and even put them on your calendar if that works for you. Some people don't like that. Some people don't like to have specific things on their calendar. They just like to have blocks or some people just want to put a specific thing on their calendar. And so I've been, you know, I used to teach to do it a certain way and I've, I've loosened up a little bit on that because I know people work differently. Yeah. But my biggest thing is, you know, you don't have to do it the way I do it. You don't have to use Google Calendar and you don't have to use Asana and all that. Do you use Google Calendar and Asana? I do. Me too. <laughs> I do. But some people are like dyed in the wool. Like I use a paper calendar yeah, and yeah. a whiteboard, you know, whatever it is. That, yeah. And so I just say, use whatever it is that you are going to do. Yeah. Because if you don't like Asana, but you're trying to force yourself to use it, you just won't go in there every day. Yeah. Such a good point. Yeah. So I want to backtrack a little bit and ask you, when you have someone sit down and you say, okay, create your five big goals for the next 90 days. What if, first of all, how should they go about doing this? And I ask in particular, because what if somebody comes to the page and they're like, I can't pick just five, or I don't know which five are the most pressing. Like I'm thinking of like 10 things right now. How do I narrow it down? How do I decide what to actually move forward with? What's your advice? What would you say to someone then? I actually have them start and try to brainstorm 25. Oh, okay. Like not <laughs> goals, but like 25 things that they would like to do over the next year. Okay. And I just have them just like spew that all over the page. And then I have them go in and kind of categorize those and put the ones that are similar together. You know, all the things that have to do with songwriting, all the things that have to do with marketing, you know, put them together. And then it helps them get a clearer picture of like, and then I say, okay, now this is the hard part. You have to choose five. You can't choose six. You can't choose 10. You know, you have to choose five knowing that after 90 days, you can revisit those other ones. Yes. Like, it's okay. They're still going to be there in 90 days. Yeah. Yeah. They might change. They might not, <laughs> right. but yeah, they're not going to disappear. Right. And I think that's like, it's important to write all these down because what I used to do is try to keep them all in my head. And then I'd be like, but I have to work on this now because I'll forget to do it later. Oh my God. Like, I, I feel like you're just saying everything that's in my mind because I, <laughs> yes, I totally relate to that. Like, and I, I'll often tell people, it's interesting because we've both kind of said the to-do list is not, not where we want to be, but the brain dump, which is, could be similar to a to-do list in some ways, but in my, in my opinion, it's quite different. And this is similar to a brain dump where it's like you're brain dumping all of the goals that you would want to achieve. I think it's really important for getting it out of our heads and onto paper so that we don't have to worry about it anymore. Like I know, and so many people will tell me too, like, there's just so much stuff. Like I'm up late at night thinking about all the stuff that I want to do. And I forgot to do this and I want to do this. And if you don't get it out of your mind and onto some sort of paper or Google doc or whatever it is, or a sauna board, <laughs> if you roll that way, then it's going to drive you nuts. So I really, really love this technique of like, put it all out there. And like, it's nice too, because we don't have to be afraid or ashamed to have so many goals, but it doesn't mean that we have to do them all at once. And seeing it in front of you will help you to be able to figure out better which ones are most important to you right now. Yeah. That's one thing I try to get across. It's like, don't be ashamed that you have a million ideas and you know, that's awesome. Like that's, that's why you're a creative. That's why you're able to write great songs because you're constantly having ideas all the time. 
But even like with songwriting ideas, I tell them like, write it down, put it somewhere and then put it away where you can't get to it. If that's not one of your, if songwriting is not one of your goals right now, yeah, um, but yeah. you know, it's like still you have to capture your brilliance. Yeah. But what I call it, what I call it is a, um, an inspiration vault. So I tell them like, okay, now all the other 20 goals that were on this list that you framed, brain dumped, they are now the enemy and, <laughs> and because they will distract you because yeah. you still want to do those things. The ones that are like number six, seven, and eight, those are the ones that are going to like be tugging at you the whole yeah. time that you really wanted to do, but you couldn't choose them. And so I try to tell my students to just like lock them all away in a vault somewhere, like whether it's like a drawer in your desk or in your phone, like a, a certain, you know, dock that you don't look at and except to add things, you're allowed to put things in as they come to you, but you're not allowed to take things out. I love that. That's <laughs> awesome. That is awesome. <laughs> so once you have your top five goals, now, how do you go about figuring out the tasks underneath it? Sometimes I'm sure it's self-explanatory, but if people don't have a coach like you or I to guide them through it, how can they figure out like, what do I need to do to reach this goal? So whether it's releasing an album or whether it's, I don't know, Im improving their newsletter numbers and getting more subscribers, how do you recommend people try to figure out the exact steps they need to take to reach those goals? Well, I mean, I, I, I am biased and you know, you probably are too. Like, I think you really do need a coach, a mentor or, or some kind of a training. Yeah. Because you're not just going to pull that out of thin air. Like if you've never done a crowdfunding campaign before, at least go buy a book on it. You know, go buy Ariel Hyatt's book. Yes. Crowdstart, <laughs> that's that's where I tell campaign. everyone to start. <laughs> you know, don't just try to like, hmm, what would I do? You know, like <laughs> yeah. go learn from the people that have already done it before. You know, because so that's what those resources are for. So yeah you know, what I tell my students, of course, is they're in the academy. Like if you want to do this thing, go find the training in the academy on this. And then if you've got more questions, ask them in our live calls or, you know, put the question in the group and ask some other people in the group how they've done it. Um, that's, you know, if you don't have a coach or a mentor, or you can't afford that right now, then, you know, get into a group either in Facebook of, you know, like-minded people like my female indie musician community, um, or, just find a local mentor, somebody that you can, you know, buy, buy them a cup of coffee and just ask them, you know, a few questions about what they've done. Yes. Ah, that's such a good answer. And I really think it's important too, that like, like you said, if you don't have the money, it doesn't mean you can't still find the experts and keeping in mind that there are experts out there for pretty much everything that's being done right now. And I think that when people think, you know, indie musician or DIY artists, they think they literally have to like figure everything out for themselves and they can't like ask for help or they, they don't even necessarily know that there's help out there or go for that help. But really there are experts on everything and there are plenty of coaching resources and groups and free Facebook groups that can help you go in the right, right direction. It's just about utilizing those and not you know, staying stuck in your head because that's really a choice. Yeah. And I think a lot of times in those situations, you know, it can be intimidating. You know, our, my Facebook group is over 3,700 people, right? So you might be intimidated to ask a question in there, but you've got to know that yeah. so many people in there have that question. They're also just as intimidated to ask the question. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That's always true, especially in the big groups like that. You think you're the only one, but as soon as you ask it, there's like 10 other people on the other side who are so relieved 
that yeah. just ask Nick. Yes, they see, like people like, will go following. They'll put following under there because mm -hmm. they want to follow what, what other people are answering. That means I had that question, but I was too embarrassed to ask it. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's so true. Okay. That's awesome because I think it's really clear. You've just kind of gotten rid of any roadblocks that people might be thinking if they're like, oh, I have too many goals. How do I decide? Well, now you know. Okay. I have the goals. How do I figure out what to do? Well, now you know the good resources that you can use. So since, you know, let's say we're at this place where we've written out our goals, we know the tasks we need to take. What's the next step in actually achieving these? Um, it's really figuring out the time in your schedule that you have to work on music because obviously we all have other things in our schedule. So, you know, for me, I've got to stop work at three o'clock because my kids show up. So, you know, I need to know that I have from this time to this time. And like in the morning, I can't work between, you know, seven and eight because I'm getting my kids ready for school. You know, if you're working, then you only have so much time to work on music. And so you need to put that in your calendar or take note of what time you have and then figure out throughout the week, like, what can I do with this amount of time that, you know, which things can I put into those blocks? So some people like to, you know, say, put in a block for booking, like, okay, I've got two hours on Mondays to do booking. And then they'll just go to their set of, you know, their, their booking goal and then look at what are the steps that they need to follow to get, you know, maybe they're booking a tour or something. Um, and so what are those steps? Some people actually like to put the, each step in there, you know, like email this person at this time, you know, so that's a little bit micromanaging, but some people like that. Yeah. I often will sometimes recommend that because then you're not showing up each day being like, what do I do? What should I do today? And it takes the question out of deciding what to do. And then you can just kind of show up and hit the ground running. But like you said, everyone works differently. So if it works better for you to just know, you know, the tasks that you have to accomplish and show up each day and do whatever kind of feels right, then that's, that's a good way to do it as well, I think. Yeah. And I think also what can help is I recommend at the end of your day, whatever that is, kind of looking over, okay, what do I need to do tomorrow? And putting down a few of those tasks. So, you know, when you show up in the morning, cause a lot of times, I mean, if you're like me and like your coffee hasn't set in yet and you sit down to work and you just want something to tell you what to do at first until your brain's really working. Yeah. So I have a student that like sends herself a text every night of the three things that she wants to start doing in the morning. And so then she doesn't have to think she just sits down. And it's like, Oh, okay. Those are the things I need to do. That's smart. <laughs> yeah. so like whatever works for you, putting it on your calendar, send yourself a text, put yeah. something in your phone. We all work very differently, as you said. Yeah. So now my next question is, this is kind of goal setting and kind of time management, but do you recommend that people, when they have their five goals, they, so say they take the five days out of the week, one day it's focused on goal number one, Tuesday is goal number two, goal number three, or do you recommend if you tackle one goal at a time and then move on to the next as you accomplish that? It, I mean, it depends on what the goals are. So some of the goals are like recurring, like I need to practice. Cause I, I tell them like, it doesn't have, there's project goals and then there's recurring goals. So some people, you know, they just need to get better at something. Like I need to practice piano every day because I need to get better so I can feel comfortable playing for myself on my gigs instead of having to hire someone. 
So that's a recurring goal. And that would obviously you need to book that in, you know, maybe every day or every other day or something versus a project based goal. And even like bookings kind of like that, right? You have to keep filling your pipeline. So um, if you don't have a specific booking goal, like I'm booking a certain tour, you just like, I need to get this many gigs every month. Right. Then you probably need to put that in a few times a week and just be like this, I need to work on this that many times a week. Um, as far as like the project-based goals, sometimes you just need to go heavier on that for a little bit. Like maybe you have a deadline, you know, you need to get all of your, you know, figure out what all of your album art is going to be. And then you need to, to get it to, you know, the designer or whatever, you know, there's going to be a deadline in there. So with the project ones, you just kind of have to like backwards engineer and see what you need to do by each time in order to actually reach your goal by the time that you want. So then in terms of time management, are there any tips that you have for people who are like, all right, well, this is all well and good. I'm pretty clear on what I have to do, but I'm still feeling some resistance. Like I just don't know how to make it work. I still feel like there's not enough time. What do I do? (laughs) Oh, I mean, I think we all feel that way. So number one, just know that, you know, you're not, there's nothing wrong with you. We all feel like we don't have enough time. I don't know if it's just society today or just that we're a lot more ambitious or something. I don't know. But um, I would say working on certain habits will help as far as really trying to, to work on your focus. That's another thing I work on with my students of like when you're sitting down to work on whatever it is, cutting out all other distractions. Cause it's so easy to be like, Oh, you know, especially if you have like notifications on, on your phone, on Facebook, on anything, it's so easy to just be distracted by that. And every time you switch tasks, you are losing a lot of time. So if, if you are the type that gets antsy, then, you know, the Pomodoro method can work. I'm not like that because I like to work in longer stretches, but some people, they just need to get up every 20 or 25 minutes and move yeah. around. Mm-hmm. So you can set a, a timer of like, okay, I'm going to work for 20 or 25 minutes hardcore on this thing and not be distracted. And then I'm going to get up and, you know, get a snack or get a drink or walk around the block or whatever, and then go back and do another 20 to 25 minutes. Do you have any other recommendations for cutting out distractions? I know you mentioned notifications. I personally have turned off all email notifications because I find like I do many things as do so many people who are musicians and working part-time or full-time and then, you know, maybe doing even something else like another passion project on the side. So I need to have my email notifications off because if I don't, then I'll be switching between doing, you know, work on out to be or working with my clients and then I'll get out email for woman crush music and I'll feel like I need to tackle that or I'll get a personal email and I'll feel like I need to tackle that. And so for me, I know keeping, when I turn my notifications off, it was a game changer because it got rid mm-hmm. of those distractions. But what are so other what things do you mean by notifications? I'm just curious. Like, does it make a sound or nothing? I like, I don't before, get anything. Or was it making a ping before? Um, well, I have like all sound off on my phone, but yes. before, you're talking about on your phone. See, on like my, phone, yeah. my computer, if I am working on something really like I'm writing copy or something I really need to focus on, I need to actually shut 
my tab for my email because I have an urge to check. Yeah. You know, and I know a lot of you guys do too. Mm-hmm. Because maybe, you know, you feel like you're waiting for something, but it can wait. Like it can wait yeah. an hour or two. They're not going to know the difference between that. And we, we all know the like, oh my gosh, did that booker get back to me? Did I get the gig? Did they answer my email? Like we, we all know the, the feeling of waiting for that email to come in our inbox. Yep. Yep. No, I actually have to shut my tab when I'm really working and just only have the thing. And a lot of times I try to work not even in my browser, although I do like to use Google Docs, but sometimes yep. I'll just use Word because I don't even want to have anything else open that might distract me. Yeah. Uh, that's such a good point. I, I feel like I actually get distracted easily, even though <laughs> I usually don't succumb to it, but I'll often put my phone on do not disturb as well, because again, no matter, like I don't currently have my Voxer, which is how I communicate with my clients or my Instagram notifications off. And so if like, if I were to see something while I'm interviewing with you, I would glance at my phone and try to see like, what is that? Do it. What is, what is that person saying? What's going on? And it really just takes you out of what you're doing and, you know, when you get pulled out of what you're doing, whether it's from Facebook, whether it's from getting a snack or whatever, it just makes it that much harder. Not that I'm opposed to snacking while you work. <laughs> no, and it's, it's true. And like, the thing is that we feel like we're being productive because all of those things we're doing are good. Like I have students that, that contact me through Slack. And so I do have my phone Slack messages turned on because I might forget to check but I actually have to take, I just take the phone out of the room yeah. <laughs> because yeah. I, and it's all good. Like I, it'd be good if I was responding to my students, but yet then I wouldn't be getting this other thing done. So it's not like a lot of you guys, the distractions that you have are not like vices. They're yes. not, they're not like, Oh, I, I want to go watch Netflix or, you know, yeah. I just, I want to just, you know, I don't know what it is, but like most of you are just totally good intentioned. So I don't want you to feel bad. You know, we all have this. It's so easy to get distracted in in the kind of world that we live in now. Yeah. So you brought up how you communicate with a lot of your community and your clients on Slack. So I'm curious, do you schedule time out in your schedule every day, for instance, where it's like, this is my Slack time. This is where I check in with Slack. And do you recommend doing something like that for regular tasks that people are doing daily? Yeah, I do. Um, I suggest you know, I think scheduling, I call it like kind of like admin time, um, for doing that at the, not the beginning of your day, but maybe like, cause I get up really early. So the beginning of like what everybody else's day would be, which was like 8am, you know, mm-hmm. that would be like the, when I would do it. And then like, before I shut down in the evening, I would probably do it. Um, I, I mean, I think it's really good to get away for part of your day. I don't always go by that because I do a lot of that once my kids come home. So sometimes I'll be at lunch and that's when I'll do, you know, go into my Facebook group for my academy and respond to things or, you know, check on my students in Slack Mm -hmm. because I'm eating lunch. I'm not doing anything else and I can totally do that. And like, seriously, the bathroom is a really good place too. Like if you're already in there, (laughs) you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm with you on that. I'll always like listen to clients' voice messages. They're going to be like, what the hell, Katie? But like, (laughs) if I have to run to the bathroom in between calls, I'm like, this is a good chance. I can get back to them now. 
I just have to try to voice message them back when I'm not in the bathroom because right. we don't want to get weird like Why that. Why is it so echoey on your voice message? <laughs> it sounds like there's like a flushing happening. <laughs> but I, yeah, again, I think that this point is just so important. Like, don't be, you know, ashamed of your distractions. Don't feel, you don't have to feel guilty about it because that's a normal thing that pretty much every single human experiences. But it's just about minimizing them so that basically the distractions are gone and focusing in on that task. Now, that being said, I'd love to hear your opinion on multitasking and making, you know, do you think it can be done? Do you think there's better ways to kind of like batch your work together? You, you mentioned earlier about moving from one thing to the next. So do you recommend doing certain tasks sort of all together, like songwriting tasks on one day or, or admin tasks, you know, in a bulk? What's your kind of take on that? Yeah, I really like, I call it theming your days and I like doing it that way. Um, it just depends on, it's totally dependent on your schedule. Like if you have, if you only have a little bit of time each day or you're doing it during nap time or whatever, you know, that might work differently for you. But I like to say like, okay, this is my podcast day. I'm going to be working on that today and I'm going to be focused on that. And yes, I'm going to be getting back to my students and stuff during admin time. But other than that, I'm working on this thing. And then the next day it might be, you know, whatever the next, you know, for you, it might be booking. Um, but it, it can get, it can get hard to do it that way when you've, say you've got like gigs in the middle of the day, which a lot of the students I work with, they have gigs, they, you know, perform at like local luncheons and, and um, retirement communities and stuff that are during the day. And so it can be hard. You really do have to go into your calendar and be like, okay, I've got two hours before this gig because it's really, it's very easy to be like, I'm focused on this gig today, but now I'm wasting like three hours because the gig doesn't start till 11. Yes. <laughs> you know? And just be like, well, you know, today is my gig day, but then you haven't used that time that you had. So, you know, really looking at your calendar every week, I think, because it's, for me, it's different every week. Depends on, on what is happening and where I can fit things in. And you just, you need to be, you need to be, you know, understanding of yourself because you do have different schedules every week. But that's why I think you need to kind of do this weekly check-in. I like doing it on Sunday night or early Monday morning and just looking over your week and understanding the challenges that you have for that week and then figuring out how what you want to do fits into that. That's such good advice. Now, I'd like to know, we, this is something we didn't plan on discussing, but since you bring it up, I'm curious what your thoughts are on taking days off. Now, as musicians, we're often like playing gigs on the weekends, Friday, Saturday, maybe even Sunday and during the week too but of course during the weekends like you might find yourself working or you might be working a full or part-time job so you have most of your time on the weekends to work on music but at the same time i definitely come from the perspective that we need to take time off you know if we're working 24 7 we're not gonna have time to refuel and we're gonna burn out much more quickly so what are your thoughts on taking off you know if each week is different if we have a gig that starts on this day, so we're technically working, but we, you know, we're tired from the last five days of work or whatever, how can we balance that? And how can we make sure that we're taking breaks consistently while still getting stuff done? Yeah. I mean, it, it is really, really easy to just 
work all the time. <laughs> it's so easy. Yeah, especially um, when you love it, right? <laughs> yeah, no, when you love it, it's really easy to do that. For me, I, I'm not a person that says I only need to work Monday through Friday. Like I pretty much work every day of the week. And the reason I do that is because I don't want to have to work all day on any of the days. But that's just how I am. Like I don't, yeah. I don't feel like I need to have this boundary of the weekend. But if you do, if you feel like I need two full days off every week, um, you know, then you need to be okay with that and, and just figure out how to work your schedule. Like everybody needs something different. Some people just really need, you know, if you're like an introvert and you just really need that downtime, then that's okay. You just have to figure out how you can make your schedule work that way. I, I think you, you really need to be in tune with the way your body works and be understanding about, you know, some people are just much more productive in the evenings and more energetic and all that and not in the mornings. And it's okay, especially if you can, having the life of a musician that you can say like, hey, I need to sleep in to eight or nine every day because that's what's going to make me feel good. When I actually get to work, I'm going to be a lot more productive instead of trying to force myself to get up at 6 a.m. And then I just sit there staring at the screen or sit there staring at my instrument, you know, <laughs> and not able to be productive. So that's yeah. one thing I always teach people to, to check in with themselves and figure out when, what times of day they're most productive. And a lot of times the time of day that we're most productive is actually like a really small, like there's a time of day where we just have the most brain power, the most like focus and all that. And I think, you know, for me, I've figured out that that really is from like five to 7 a.m. <laughs> and so you you know, if I need to write an email, small. I write it at that time because yeah. I know that it's going to be the best thing that I could write all day. Yeah. Meanwhile, I don't really wake up until about 8 a.m. because if I don't get enough sleep, keeping in mind, I don't drink coffee or really tea, but if I don't get enough sleep, then I don't function. So it's really about figuring out what works for you. I'm so glad you said that because yeah, I encourage all of my clients when we start working together too, we look at like, how much are you sleeping? Are you tired? Even if you drink coffee, you know, do you feel like you have enough brain power and energy to tackle what you need? Because that's really important. Even just from like the health perspective, making sure you're figuring out like when you should be going to bed, when you should be waking up to feel energized. And then once you've cracked that, like, what parts of the day do you feel best? I know I feel best in the morning too. Like I can wake up and pretty much start working immediately and be like really high alert. But sometimes I need to create space in my day just so that I don't like go, 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 go like crazy. <laughs> so again, yeah, it's just you really have your body. with your own body and your yeah. own rhythms. Because like for me, I'm actually really glad that my kids come home at three because by the time it hits to be three, I'm really not very productive. But if they didn't come home, I would be still trying to work and I'd probably, you know, it would take me two hours to get as much work done that at another time I could get done in 30 minutes. Yeah. So it actually forces me to be like, okay, my day is done. And that's a good thing because I'm not very productive at this time anyway. Yeah. Well, be doing something more productive, like doing the dishes or, you know, talking to their kids, my kids about their day or something that is going to like, move my life forward versus just sitting there kind of staring at the screen. 
Yes. And you bring up a great point of like making sure that you're spending time with friends and family and doing stuff that actually makes you happy as a person. Because I know I've been there in the past. Luckily, I've moved past this and really made a conscious effort to not live my life this way. But so many people get stuck in the place of if I want to succeed, you know, whether it's as a musician or another, you know, entrepreneur just in the music business as an industry professional, if I want to succeed and if I want to move up, I have to like bust my ass and just work all the time. And there's like, that's it. But like that, first of all, that's not why we're here on earth, but also like, you're not going to, like you said, you're not going to actually be more productive that way. You're not going to be able to work more efficiently. It's just going to take you more time to do something that you could have just done tomorrow faster. Yeah, no, I experienced something like that yesterday. I was writing something and I just wasn't getting anywhere with it. And I felt like I'd been spending hours on it and just not getting the result that I wanted. I kept reading it over, kept like rewriting it and writing it and writing it. Yeah. And so then I finally I just put it away. And then the next morning I came back to it and I read it over and I'm like, I see the problem. This needs to be up here and this needs to be here. And if I just rewrote this a little bit, it would be just right. And I yeah. fixed it within like 20 minutes. <laughs> you know? So You're like this kept not- me up all night. <laughs> oh, so frustrating. Yeah. And it's, it's just about figuring out the things that you need to do. And like I was saying earlier about the prioritizing and stuff, and then looking at like, which things are going to be hard for you, which things do you not yet know how to do? And you're going to have to learn those things you're going to need to prioritize into the time of day that you need to have the most brain power Yes, because they're going to be hard for you. So it's going to take you a little more time, but if you're using the most brain power at that time, you'll be able to finish them faster. It's kind of why I, I do my podcast editing in the afternoons because I don't have to think very hard. I, I'm almost at 1000 episodes. So yeah. I think I know how to do it in my sleep. Yeah. Yeah. You know? <laughs> That's a good tip. I need to do that because I actually procrastinate editing my podcast so much because I'm always like, I don't feel like that right now. Like I don't feel like sitting still and doing it. So I'm going to have to pick a time of the day where I'm just like, I just want to sit still and do nothing. <laughs> yeah. Yep. That's a great tip. So I love the, the two things you just mentioned there, which is don't be afraid to let it go. If you're feeling like you're just not kind of getting it, take a break and come back to it later. And also schedule the harder things for the time where you are, you know, you're going to be most energized. So before we let you go, do you have any final tips on goal setting or on time management that you want to share with us? Um, Something that we didn't touch on that I think is so important is getting some kind of accountability. Oh Um, yes. Whether it's having a coach, being in a group like the Academy or just finding another musician that the important thing about this is make sure you find somebody that has a similar work ethic to you that really, really wants to achieve these goals and they want to be accountable. They, they're not going to be upset with you if you actually keep them accountable. Um, and, you know, find somebody and just, you know, meet with them like every other week and like just go through a series of, of questions where you're like, okay, what did you do last week? You know, do you have any wins? Did you have any struggles? What are you going to be doing? What do you want me to keep you accountable for for next week? And it's amazing. Like we can be accountable to ourselves, but there's nothing like having somebody that you have to report to because you don't want to tell them you didn't do it. So true. Uh, That is such a great note to end on. So that being said, how can we connect with you further and work with you and just stay in the loop with everything that you are doing? 
Absolutely. So you can always go to femmusician.com. That's F as in female, E as an entrepreneur, musician.com. I've got a ton of podcasts on there, lots of resources for you. And then I would love for you guys to come to my free workshop, which is at musiciansprofitpath.com. And it will help you learn to attract your 1000 true fans without wasting valuable time and money on the wrong marketing tactics. So Ooh, love that. Yeah. <laughs> so is that running during a specific date or can they watch it at any time? No, you can go uh, find a time that works for you on that page. Perfect. And we'll have the link in the show notes as well for anyone who wants to check it out. Thank you so much, Brie, for being on today. I'm really glad we had this discussion. And everyone, if you enjoyed this episode, be sure to share it with us on Facebook and Instagram and tag us. And we can't wait to hear your thoughts. Thanks again, Brie. Awesome. Thank you so much.